we get caught up so much in things that don't matter instead of honoring the God in whose army we are in. He is the one that has enlisted us and called us into this battle, and this battle is the truth exalted against lies. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize seize the the faith. Welcome to episode 107 of the Carpe Fide podcast. Tonight, I am not joined by the sultry voice of my brother, Jesse Gruber, but I have instead, in second first chair, the one and only Pops Gruber. Hey, hey, everybody. It's great to be here tonight. It is great to be here tonight. Although, maybe it will not be so great by the time we're done. (laughs) Maybe it's not night. Maybe, maybe you're listening you're, and it's oh, day. No, maybe you're hearing it. No, no, oh, wow. wow. Future. I wonder what problems future Justin has when he hears mm-hmm. this again. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> leaving leaving the, the time warp aside. Uh, tonight, I am really frustrated and mm. very... I am very put out, as some may say. And... And I hope that I can convey this accurately, which is why I, I certainly couldn't do this solo. I need pops here. Yeah, I'm going to talk him off the wall. I'm going to try to talk me down. Or I'll just push him off. <clears throat> yeah, maybe he might give me a good, good hard shove. My deep uh, abiding concern for Christians and the Christian church is stemming from the reality that not two weeks ago, six Christians were murdered for being Christians at a Christian place by a transgender individual. And we have done nothing for two weeks, but bemoan the victimhood status of the murderer that killed them for what they believed. And I'm not seeing the reaction from Christians Christian churches, uh, the way we should be reacting. We have <clears throat> we've abdicated all authority that God has given, which is his, through his word, the truth, and, and we have turned it over into this soft, muddled, distracted, non-answer. We are not giving any answers to the culture at large. We are coming fast to a time where there should be no surprise why we will have no rights. And this isn't fear. This is just reality, the way things are moving. When you can have three nine-year-olds murdered and the victim be the one who shot them, this is not hyperbole. This is not slippery slope mentality. Like, Look around you. And, and you have to, we have to start answering questions. Are we having conversations that matter on this topic? Are we, are we going to continue to let our culture be eviscerated by the progressive sexual revolution? Or are we going to hold up God's word high, stand on it, and love people enough to tell them the truth? Or are we going to continue to hate them with half measures of niceness? It's so frustrating. I'm just infuriated by what I'm seeing from the church. I mean, we were off we were off of this murder, this murder which essentially for some reason the we can't release the manifesto or the suicide note. The FBI still has that. I'm assuming only because at this point you the only reason to assume they wouldn't release it is because it does not fit the narrative in which they would like to have portrayed because manifestos have been released far quicker in other shootings of this type. But this one, for some reason, is not being released. Why? Why is that? None of this makes any sense. And the reality that we had organization after organization from the Country Music Awards, Budweiser, Nike, the White House, from the presidency to the vice presidency, all of these these seemingly just ambivalent people march forward with the trans day of visibility 
and the trans events of the following weekend after the shooting as if nothing had just happened. The the promotion of transgender ideology moves forward apace despite it moving right over the dead bodies of three senior citizens and three children. And no one says anything? Like we don't do anything about it? What does it what does it take for a Christian to say, hey, you're killing each other and others by believing in this lie? What is it going to take to motivate us to have to have churches pull the false wolves out of the pulpits and say, repent or leave and to stand on truth. I just don't know where we go. So that's why I brought pops on. So hey, he's gonna, hey, he's, back he's, off the <laughs> ledge there. Come on. I can talk you help. down now. I can talk you down. He's going to help talk oh, you down. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, you know what? There's several issues that, uh, that you kind of bring up. All right. Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, like drinking from, you know, from a fire hose mm-hmm. when you, when you, start to really peel back what uh what the issues are uh for a uh, uh, true bible uh believing uh, true born again true christian that uh is in the kingdom so i i just um you know i'm, I'm if i were going to throw something at you like i like, like what's what's your what's your main one or two gripes because you just listed like the government and you know not acknowledging christians not doing things you know like what like what if you're going to narrow it down like uh where where do you want to start with this to uh to to to, to you know start our counseling session here okay <laughs> i mean there's so uh, by, by the way you're in the clock now so I'm gonna, okay well send, right. just send the bill you to, only have an uh, hour send the bill to jesse's address that'll be fine oh okay all right yeah he'll take care of it. Um, <laughs> we have i think i think there's 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 multiple fronts upon which this this rests and i think the first part for me the the, the biggest one is is inside of christianity that is that is allowing room for these pervasive ideas to uh, move forward as if they have equal weight to the truth of God's word. And, and whether it be the ideas of deconstructionism where people are just deconstructing their faith, which is just, it's just another way of building God in your own image. It's all that is. It's just, that's what they're saying. I deconstructed my faith. So you just rejected the parts of God that you don't like and just inserted in those spaces, the things you do like. Well, that that's a by, that's a byproduct of, um, when we threw, uh, the, I, the, you know, the, the fact of absolute truth out the window. Right. I mean, this is all a byproduct of fashioning God into your own image. Um, and, uh, you know, God forbid, you know, you do fashion God after his own word. Well, um, you know, that just doesn't fly anymore. So I think that that, that a lot of that falls on uh, the, the erosion of, uh, of culture over time. And a lot of the angst I think you're feeling is because of uh, a lack of, of um, involvement and vocalization of what is right from previous, uh, previous generations of, of believing uh, true believers to uh to where we are sitting right here now so i think uh i think we sit amongst the angst of of uh of others uh just uh falling down well i mean to be sure and we rail against the subjective nature of our culture mm-hmm. continually right um w- with what we try to with the content we try, we hope to, to be giving, to encourage the church, the, the subjective nature in which we're making right. all of our arguments. But like my big concern inside the church is the leaders leading poorly and sheep being so lazy that they just follow right off a cliff, right to hell. They just follow right to hell and, and don't consider what someone is leading them towards. And it just reminds me of Jeremiah six, starting in verse 13, the Lord speaking, and he's calling to shame um, the the religious leaders, the leaders that are supposed to be leading the people towards him. And it says this, For from the least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, which is just niceness. It's just niceness saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. 
Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time that I punish them, they shall be overthrown, says the Lord. We have completely forgotten what it's like to be ashamed that we said or did something in an affront to the, the clear teaching of God. And and there's there's not even an understanding of how to be able to blush. That's what this passage is saying. They don't know how to blush. They don't know how to feel shame. They have they've so attached themselves to this idea of lightly healing the wounds of the people, which is to say not healing them. It's 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 the idea that you're literally pasting over the wounds. They're still there, mm-hmm. but they don't look as bad. They're not actually healed. And and that's what that's where we live. We like we 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 thrive in this culture in the church. And if if more people don't call more people to repentance, more people to accountability, I don't know how this turns around. But that's what we have to do. We have to be calling these people to repentance. But then outside of that, we were talking about this that community group for, for church this week. The idea of of meeting the enemy where they are and and matching them in their front. Meaning when the cultural zeitgeist that's not even enough. When when the cultural priests and priestesses of this age, right? With the progressive sexual, honestly, the progressive sexual movement is the hinge right now where we're at. Um, it's the the thing that's being pushed forward. They moved right past um, racial essentialism and moved right to uh, transgender ideology and the sexual revolution. Um, the the racial essentialism was was okay for like a second, and they only used that to springboard into. Um, basically what is nothing more than genital mutilation, uh, the sterilization of generations, the offering of children's sacrifices upon their sex goddess altars. And that's, that's where we are right now. That's, that's just it. Um, and, and in doing that, they set up these whole, these cultural totems like, like June, like pride month or the day of trans visibility, right. Or the day of trans vengeance, which they had to make go Oops, online yeah. they were they, they put it online because yeah. they were scared of backlash when you call a day vengeance i mean you kind of open yourself up to well, vengeance that. is a biblical term isn't it i mean yeah it's, a word it's just used. belongs oh, to wait, the lord wait that's right it doesn't belong to us or anyone but, but oh yeah okay but so Oops. you have you have the problem in the church and yeah. then this problem in the culture is meeting that war line where is that line that they're drawing the line yeah. where they're amassing their troops and are we meeting that Similarly, are we marching the, 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 the flag of the Lord, the Lord's banner to meet them in battle? Um, and I, I, Jesse's not here, but we can acknowledge that he, he identified rightly that where's David in this time? Where's David yeah. saying, just cause that Philistine's tall doesn't mean he gets to say that about right. God. I think that, um, I think that you're, that, that's, that, that to me, I think is the issue that probably is giving you the most angst the world's going to do what the world's going to do because they have a different operating system but we as believers have been given a new operating system our our our, our whole worldview wraps around the person of jesus christ and uh we know um we know the word to be true and but what do we do about it and i think that your frustration I, uh, that i'm hearing is uh is is stemming from uh a passivity uh among the very people who should be vocal um in support of what the scriptures say and in love for the god who um is right is righteous judge among all yeah i don't know is that is that kind of striking a chord with uh with your angst maybe yeah i mean that's that's the general idea Mm -hmm. uh are we willing why is it that we can sit in a country whose government by the way is not found at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It's not in the White House and it's not in the Senate chambers. That's actually not our government. Our governing body resides in the Constitution, just to be clear, just so we're on the same page. And yet we, we unlike Paul, who's who lived under Caesar, who lived in a time where you were expected to worship Caesar, we are the royalty. We are those people that are free. We are a free people and we don't even use our freedom to meet the enemies of God in the places in public where they're trying to to set up their altars, they're 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 erecting these altars, and we're barely scratching the surface of meeting them on these fronts. 
And I don't know, I don't know how much more motivating a factor it can be when, when you have a transgender person, again, murder Christians at a place where Christians are specifically only Christians and they murder them there. It's, it's, and it's horrifying. Right. That that whole thing is just horrifying. But simultaneously identify that the culture didn't stop for a second. Anytime this happens, anytime this happens, we, we have to throw all the gears out of whack. We stop anything that's going to happen and everything becomes about, you know, everybody basically pushing their political agenda here. Nothing happened. People still push their political agenda, but the political agenda revolved around one, gun violence, and two, protecting the victim of the shooting, which was the trans shooter. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what's so incensed. It's just incensing about it. It's just, it's well, offensive. I think, um, I, I think that, I, kind of circle around here, Pac, um, you, you, you kind of talked about uh, the abdication of, of, a, of a believer's authority to speak into the world. Um, I think that, you know, just like you said, that uh, we have constitutional uh, things at our, at, you know, at our fingertips as believers, and we don't avail them free speech and, and, and the ability to speak in to other things that are wrong. And, um, you know, we do have that, but, but, but often we don't use them as believers, you know, and I think by and large, that's probably part of the angst, just like the, just like the you know, our, our, our freedom is not found at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It's not right. Right. Okay. So, but, but people are content to say, Oh, well the president will do this and the president will do that. I don't have to worry about it. Right. Um, much like, um, believers who sit in the pews feel they don't have a, maybe feel they don't have a voice. Oh, because, you know, as a, you know, as a, as a unified church, as a big church, this is where we stand. But you know, yet it loses it in the pew. It loses it um, in the conversations of uh, of a dad at work mm. with another dad um, who's struggling with the gender identity of their child or something. You know, it, it loses it. It, it. it doesn't. It doesn't translate. But the church is going to speak against it. But I'm not. You know, and I think a lot of that cultural change and a lot of that angst that that we feel comes from that abdication of the authority that God has given us to speak truth and to be vocal and to not let evil reign. We have a great voice in America and we don't use it. And we wonder why evil just runs rampant. It's because by and large, the Christian church doesn't say, say much. We're content to live our lives, to go to work, to make ends meet, to, to worry about the, the hustle and bustle of our own daily lives. But, those little those little conversations we could have, be it at work, be it at school, be it in the grocery store, whatever, when we see something that's wrong, um, to not make it right. I think that's where cultural change can take place if the church becomes vocal um, in our daily lives, if we clue in. I think that's part of it. That's part of what you're feeling, too. Now, there is a whole other level of church authorities, um, you know, that don't speak out in righteous ways, aren't vocal, would rather, you know, just kind of go to that uh, 11th commandment of, you know, be nice, be nice. And, um, that's a whole nother level of abdicating, um, that, that, you know, that, that whole, uh, priestly aspect of being a believer. Reminds me, um, second Timothy chapter two, where Paul is outlining these, the idea that the Christian is called to action and he puts it in the realm of uh, different activities. But second Timothy two, three puts it in the realm of a soldier in the army where it says share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Hmm. The idea that we get caught up so much in things that don't matter instead of honoring the God in whose army we are in. He is the one that has enlisted us and called us into this battle. And this battle is the truth exalted against lies. It is righteousness exalted against evil. That's the battle that we're in. And it's not about, this is not like about hating trans people. I don't hate trans people. 
I love people. I hate sin that, that leads to death being exalted as the most upright and moral thing that we could have in our culture because it, it, is, it is leading to the destruction of generations. That's what I hate. Mm-hmm. I hate the false ideologies of evil being lifted up into high places and, and the truth of God, the clear, objectively sourced truth from the God of all eternity, the, the Lord of creation, the one who sustains everything through his sovereign and gracious hand, that truth being relegated to the ash heap by yeah. the world that we live in. Well, you know, there's there's some strong strong verbiage in the scriptures. Um, Isaiah five twenty says, "Woe, you know, woe to those who call evil good, and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes and drinking wine." and valiant men mixing strong drink who justify the wicked for a bribe. And listen to this, and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. Mm. And take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. Now, as a believer, I am in the right, capital R. Okay? And when even yeah, that's not a political affiliation. No, that's no, no, not the right, the not right the conservative. I am in the right, righteous <laughs> right of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay, um, and you know, uh, I, I, I think that we have to understand. Wait a minute. Yeah, okay. I've heard it so many times, and I've said it too. We live in an upside down world in this country, right? And it is changing even faster than we can even imagine, right? But as believers. What do we do? You know, do we just sit back and say, oh, God is in control? Well, God is all, God is in control, and God also calls us to represent him. So uh, we were talking about this in community group uh, just this last, uh, this last week, too, um, where what do we do? Culture's gone insane. Culture's, you know, they're, they're, you know, good is evil, evil is good. We're upside down. We're, you know, mar- Christians are marginalized. What do we do? You know, June... You know, Pride Month is coming up. How do we handle that? What do we do? All right. Well, how about we? How about we stick to 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 the right guns? <laughs> Gun violence. How about we stick to the to, oh, to the no. right framework? How about we stick to 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 what the truth actually is? And how about if we actually say it? Um, how about if we actually move the move the front line closer to the enemy? And start to engage people. Now, how we do that's important. I think God calls us to do it in right and good ways. But I think I think a lot. I think what you're feeling tonight is just let's do something. Get off get off the couch and do something, believer. All right, you know, um, don't 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 let the headlines in the in the grocery store stop you from saying that's that's wrong. Can you can you believe that? That's not right. You know, as 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 you hear a conversation, to enter into it and say, you know what, that that that's a perspective that's all too common. But let me tell you something that's even better, and start and start to to bring the word of God to bear in a person's life through conversation. Those are the things I think we need to to do in grassroots, and we can do that. Um, when we were talking in community group, uh, we we mentioned the book that we studied in um, uh, in in our men's group. Uh, I think it was last year or year before that by uh, Rob Dreher, the um, Live, not, live, by live not by lies, right? Okay. And one of the comments was, you know, um, how how after you know after World War II and things and and and, and the Russian uh, travesties to, to people and stuff. So yeah, how how believers came together, you know, and how the how movements for the gospel were were formed from that, and they were commenting on 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 that. But but we're not we're not at that stage yet. We're in the pre-tyranny stage, although we're really close to it, okay? What do we do now? While we still have the voice to say something, we're not in the gulag, we're not in concentration camp, we're not, we're, right. we're not in prison yet. No. And, and God has given us the ability and he's given us the, the, the word that we can stand on and, and a platform of, of freedom of speech to do it. While we have it, we should use it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's a big misfire that I'm seeing in our Christian culture in America. And I think, in, I think it extends in Canada, too, from our good Canada friends up there. Um, it, it, it's applicable. So that, that's kind of what I'm saying. You know, I, it, if you think that um, somebody else is going to not uh, correct evil being good and good being, becoming evil, uh, in the minds of others. If, if you think somebody else is going to do that, I think you're wrong. I think it's up to you and to me to do that. If it's not up to you and me, is it just solely up to God's, you know, doing? Like, I, I don't know how, I, I don't know how to say it. We're called to represent God. We're called to rep, be representatives of his kingdom, of righteousness of right good yep and when good is called evil i have something to say about that okay that that's kind of what i that's that's I what must, i wanted to throw back at you. i must have something to say about that and this 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 kind of reminds me and this is why we're so clear about objective versus subjective it's not hard to push back on these thoughts when you just remember these two things. Simply listening for all the things someone says that are simply based subjectively and calling them to the why. Because if the why is just them, they have no foundation. That's not enough. That's, or, or if that is it, then there is absolutely no morality. There is none. There's no way anyone can say anything is immoral that someone else does or moral that someone else does because if it's just subjective, there's nothing. And just listening for these things is very clear. So if you're sitting there like, well, I don't know what to say. It's very simply, you don't, have, you don't have a hard, it's not a hard thing here. We feel like we're in the position of defense. No, no, no. We're not in the position of defense. They're the one that needs to defend the thing that they are literally trying to push forward, which is undoing all of history. We are talking about things that go against every bit of historical evidence that we have inside of humanity, as well as the simple mammal relations that God has made in his creation. They're the ones that have some explaining to do. And and it's very important to identify that. Very, very important. And, and this is what, this is where, uh, this is the thing that, that really gets me. We have a lot of churches, even the churches that want to, want to hold the truth. They're, they're like, well, we do it in our small group and we do it, you know, we do discipleship and, and, and we do it at our Sunday services. We're, we're all very clearly biblical. We hold these lines, but they don't actually send anyone out to do anything. They don't empower their people to actually go out and do anything. And they've adopted this idea that's behind, we just mentioned Rob Dreher's book, Live Not By Lies, which is very good because I felt that it could actually called us more to action. Hmm. Um, but, but previously he had written the book called The Benedict Option, which was calling Christianities into a monastic lifestyle, calling Christian Christianity, generally speaking, into a monastic center of understanding, creating strong undercurrents so that they would be there for when persecution comes. So having a strong network of small groups and and a strong faith communities so that that strength is built into into the the fabric of our our religious activity. And if times of persecution should come, we already have the underground built. And what's frustrating is I, I find much more that I lean towards the, a great article called the Boniface Option which highlights a different monk, a different monastic view. Um, and that monastic view uh, was the one who's known as St. Boniface, who instead of cloistering, he actually was sent out. And he goes out. This is, a, this is the story of the person who actually goes into Germania. He chops down the Oak of Thor to signify that there is no power in the false gods. And he basically begins a revival in, in Germania by going out and attacking the false ideology right where it was. He didn't hold back. He pushed forward. And that's not everyone's option. That's the reality. They have no free speech in Canada. The, 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 though the, the Christians in China, the, the real ones that can't meet in public, the, the Christians in China with real Bibles, that say the real truth as opposed to the ones that the communist government has cut out the truth from, except for that the party is God, right? 
Those ones, they don't have free speech. They can't stand up and speak the way we can. Yet we are not utilizing the, the gifts that God has given well, right? Because we're scared what? We're scared that we're, we're going to lose a job. We're scared that we're going to face, uh, mostly we're just not doing it because we're scared we're going to face some sort of humiliation, some sort of public humiliation. And like, what is that? What is that in light of the kingdom of God? What is that in the light of the fact that we have parents in the world that have no framework for what's going on? And so they just sort of adopt this disgusting cultural norm and they, they, they destroy their children. No, stand up and say something so that, that person may know that's evil, wrong. Don't do that. Right. Call evil, evil. We can do that. It's not judging. We're not judging them. The word judges them, but we don't. No, because we can love them. What is, what is my judgment anyway? So it's, yeah. it's only God's judgment that matters. It's not my opinion. My opinion does not matter. Right. I think that, um, I think there might be other hesitations from people to not speak into the issues. They may not know them well enough. Well, that's they fair. might know they're wrong, but they don't like, what, how do I talk? What do I do? I just want to, and, and I was thinking about that. Um, boy, that sounded condescending the way I said that. I didn't mean, didn't mean it that way, but you know, what do I do? All right. So, yeah, so we make do, fun of people that are, do you have to be like, well, I'm not saying anything now. And, and this goes back to the abdication of, uh, of authority to, to other people who are smarter in the church. Um, I think in America, you know, there's a lot of laziness. And uh, if you've been a Christian for a number of years and you can't speak into the to the um, issues at hand, um, I, I think that I think that you're 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 slacking. I do. I think that you need to be aware of what's going on. Uh, my wife does a great job informing me. I I work in a garden all day. Um, so I don't I'm not talks, up on the news to flowers. Uh, I, I, I name them occasionally. But anyway, many of them. Um, <laughs> yes, Gertrude was sad today. But anyway, I, I watered her. She was fine. Anyway, um, what a weird sentence. Anyway, <laughs> carry on. Um, so uh, yeah, we we think we need to we need to be something that we're not. We we have we have the word of God at hand that we can learn and we can know. We can be sharp. Um, I think You're saying about, Christians should read their Bibles. Well, I go back to that Acts four, preposterous, where where Paul and um, uh, Paul and John were addressing the the Jewish rulers and elders, you know, and um, they laid into them. They they laid into them, and P- at, Peter and John. Paul was not Peter. There, yeah. I'm sorry, Peter and Peter and and, uh, and, John. and John. Yes, thanks 100%. for that correction. Yeah, that's, we're we're way early in Acts. Yeah, this is um, where Gamaliel says. Sorry about that. Right, this is where Gamaliel yeah. says, like, look, if they're not, if they're not, this isn't a thing. They'll do, if this isn't a thing, they'll just Peter out. No, well, that this, was that was Jesus. Never mind. I went. That too, was yeah. I, I was going to say back. that that was that that's yeah. No, that's not it. But anyway, all right. So <laughs> I'm I'll, correct, I'll correct you on that. <laughs> I gotta and get You back correct to me on. Uh, <laughs> Peter Paul, so um, Peter, Peter and John, you know, and they're 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 basically just laying into the to the rulers and elders um, uh, who who have who have laid the hammer down on them, um, you know, and they say, look, this 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 guy is healed. What do you like? What what is your problem here? What is going on? And then they then they then they make it personal. This Jesus whom you've crucified. <laughs> And 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 the rulers and elders end up in um, you know in verse uh, I think it's uh, thirteen where where they 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 say look here's these two guys these guys are like untrained they're they're like common guys and they like we can't do anything like who are these guys type thing mentality, you know? And they were astonished and mesmerized and, and they marveled like, how can these two guys like speak like this? And, um, you know, we, well, we say, Oh, that's Peter and John. They, they spent three and a half years with Jesus. No, this was, remember what Peter remember him? Like yeah, who after three, who, right, right on the cusp yeah, of the end like, of that time was like, uh, I don't know the guy filled with Satan. <laughs> yeah, like oh, get behind no way, me, Satan. Me. Right? Okay, and you know, so like these guys weren't trained. They didn't go. They didn't go to Jewish seminary or whatever. You know, uh, they didn't do that. And why can't we? Why can't we? Who has the have the completed word? Who ha- who have the Holy Spirit dwelling us? 
Um, why can't we say what's good from the scriptures? Why can't we say what is evil in God's eyes? Like, why can't we do that? Well, I think we can. I think we should. I think we must. And the reason they, they were willing to do that in the face of people that that had just put Jesus to death, by the way, let's, let's not lose the fact that they're talking to the people that just murdered Jesus. Uh, Caiaphas, these men, that, that's who they were before. They... They they said that because they knew Jesus resurrected from the dead. What was the what what could they were not afraid of anything these men could do to them. These men could do nothing to them as far as they were concerned. What are they gonna do? Are they gonna beat me and crucify me? You just did that. It didn't work. Like go ahead. I'm gonna spend eternity with God. You're you're not you're sending you're sending me to eternal joy and peace and rest. Go for it. Because they were then and they were literally filled without they had no fear. They were filled with the spirit yep. and that's that's the that's what we have to come to. But we're so attached to the material things of this world that we just would rather play nice and be soft, right? And and we we because the culture says exactly what these men told them in Acts four, right? So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. That's what they they told them not to do. Don't speak about Jesus, and that's what our culture says. Just don't talk about Jesus. Just keep your religion out of it. Don't talk to people about the truth. It's very offensive. People don't want to hear that. You can't do that. It's going to cause you problems. Just stay under the radar. Everything will be fine. But the answer is, whether it's right for us to obey you or obey God, we're going to obey God. We can't do anything else. We can do nothing else but obey God. So so shove it because we're going to, we're going to, we're going to say the truth now. We're going to talk about Jesus. And that's that's our call. Yeah. That's our call as believers. Yeah, I was. Um, in fact, my wife, your mom. What? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, um, she asked me this week, uh, and I kind of knew a little, not not a lot, but a little bit where where she was trying to kind of fish for this question. But she went to the uh, passage. I think it's First Timothy. No, First Thessalonians four. Um, and it, it's the passage where we're supposed to interact with, with other people, you know, admonish, you know, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint hearted that it's that passage. And, um, you know, she, she asked me, she goes like, well, you know, that's in, that's in the Bible, but who, like, what's the context of that? Who's, who's that for? And, um, you know, I, I, I said, well, that's for, that's for, you know, interpersonal um, responses within the church, you know, within the true church. It's it's written to the Thessalonians. It's not written to the unsaved world in Mesopotamia. You know, it's like this is to this is to the Thessalonians who um, are, are being Thessalon- told how they are to interact, you know. Um, but what we as believers, we, what we do is we, we take these things that are for us because we have the same operating system. Now we have been, our, our minds have been, you know, rewired, re, you know, renewed, re, re, you know, um, reprogrammed with, with, uh, God as its center, you know, and, and it's in juxtaposition of the world's worldview, you know, and culture, what we're fighting, what we're, fe- we're feeling that angst. Right. But what we want to do is we want to take how we're supposed to treat each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we want to treat the unregenerate that way. When what the unregenerate need is a call to repentance in salvific form, right? Okay. And they need to know they need a savior. They need to know that their deeds are evil. They need to know that Jesus Christ has paid the price for their evil sinfulness, just like me as a believer once was. Right, and there can be no salvation without repentance. Right, right. And it's God's goodness that leads us there, right? Yep, God's goodness. And then what do we do with God's goodness is we don't tell anybody. Right. We don't, we clam up when, when, when the culture squeezes in and calls evil good and good evil. Wow. How about that? That's, that's, that's really, that's really cool. Isn't it? No, I think there's a better way. And I Absolutely. think we need to wake up. I, you know, my, I, we need to wake up. It's, it's the exact, I had a uh, interaction on Facebook. I wrote a long post last Wednesday night and it's the same, it's the same concept that we talked about there. This idea that when the Bible says be kind one to another, 
kindness is basically the expression that we read in Ephesians four of speak the truth and love. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what kindness, that's what God's kindness that leads to repentance is. It is the truth from love in love. The truth is you're a hater of God. You're sinful. You're wicked. You run to, to the life of death after the after your father, the father of lies. That's the truth. And the love is that, but God, mm. if, if it could be summed up in, in, in two words, it's, but God, that's the love, but God has stepped in your place and offers you his atoning blood, his sacrifice in your place. That's, that's the kindness part, right? The kindness is it's truth and you can't, you can't bring someone to repentance without the truth. They have to know who they are before God. And, and you can't soft roll that. You don't soft roll that. Hey, you are a sinner, especially when the sin is, is obvious and in your face. You don't get to soft roll that. Like, oh, you're right. Love, love is love. No, no, that's not true. That love's a lie, which makes it evil and unloving. It makes it hateful. That's what it makes it. And, and, and in that face of that, you have to go right to the sin. No, this whole thing you're doing, you need, you need to repent. You, you can have true healing and identity in Christ because this identity you have is only leading to death. That's what you have to say. You have to be able to point that out. But that's not nice and people will be offended and they won't like that. Yeah, it turns out that everyone looks arrogant when the person you're talking to doesn't want to hear the truth. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how you say it. There's no way you're going to say that to someone that loves a lie and you're pointing that out, that's going to make them not offended. But without someone being offended, we don't come to know who Christ is. The idea is you must be offended. You must encounter that offense that you have done before a holy God. And, mm-hmm. and if you don't encounter yep. that, there's no opportunity to repent. Right. Right. Well, I think we need, I, I think we need to, I think we need to step up and be vocal as believers. Women, men, our children need to be understanding that we represent the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We are his hands and his mouthpiece. We know in the scriptures what is good. And sometimes I think we are very inward and want to fix what's wrong with us more than we should. And we fixate on it. Let's repent of our sins and just do it. And then let's help others hear how to repent as well. Yeah. Okay. And that means calling evil, evil. It's okay, believer, to do that. In fact, I, I bless you now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost that you may say to others who are sinning that they are sinners and need salvation through Jesus Christ. I give you that permission, okay? And it's not my authority. It's Jesus. 100%, I can assure you that if you do not identify rightly that there is sin, they will have no need of salvation. They will have no understanding of their need of salvation. They will feel that their identity comes from whatever their subjective feels are that day. They will not realize that their identity is nothing more than a lie that is leading them directly to hell and separation from God. They don't. They won't know unless you tell them. How right. will they hear without a preacher? Right, right. So, uh, I mean, I had a thought going out of my head that fast. Keep on talking. Boy, do I know how that oh, feels. Gosh. One of the uh, one of the issues that you bump up to is that I fear of sounding arrogant. And it's a big fear in our culture that you sound arrogant. And again, I just want to encourage you, Christian, the truth always sounds arrogant to someone who doesn't want to let go of a lie. Always, every time. I think I got it back. And it goes right right along with that. I don't know if I can formulate it into words or not, but that, you know, we, we, um, by nature of, uh, of the fallenness of man, what we have to present them is, is so counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. If you can remember, Christian, back before you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and for me it's a long time ago, but it is countercultural. It is revolutionary. It is 
change beyond what you could even fathom. But it's also rubbing against, you're cutting against the grain and people don't want to hear it. You are, you, (laughs) you are at odds with the world because of Jesus Christ. So don't expect them to be nice. Okay. Don't expect things to go well. That's not our, that's not our responsibility for their response. It is not. It is our responsibility to love Christ enough to tell others what's going on in accordance to God's word and his ways. That's, that's what I'm saying. Don't expect it to go well. And that'll help you to understand that you have no, you have no, like, there's, you have nothing to lose. You don't have anything to lose. If you're holding on to people's, like, you know, if, if, you know, feelings toward you so, so tight that you can't give them the gospel, that you need to re, you know, you need to reprogram that equation. That's not the right equation. And the whole counterintuitive thing, I think this, I think this will, I, I, I pray this will help you, Christian, listening, hearing, still nervous, still hesitant. What will people think of me? What will they say? I don't know if I can do it. One, I can assure you that if you move in faith towards the will of God, God is the one that carries that. You're not responsible to save someone. You're responsible to speak the truth. You might feel like you're going to mess up the truth. I guarantee you, you'll be surprised how much God puts into your mind mm-hmm. the things of his word that you know that are in your heart that you didn't even realize were there. So I do want to say that it, it's, it's not a joke. I've been there when I'm, when you start down one direction and then, so, and then the person you're talking to says something else and it just, boom, there's something else in your mind. How did it get there? God, God helped you remember it was there. It's a part of what you've learned and you've grown with and you've read and you've heard and you've been taught. And then it's there when you need it because God is not leaving you alone. It's literally the promise, right? And I will be with you always, even to the end of the earth and the end of the age. That's what Christ promises when he calls you to go out and preach the gospel. (laughs) Yep. That's Um, true. But we talked, we talked about, um, this overwhelming idea from the garden of Gethsemane at our Easter service. And, uh, in Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 36, you find the account of Jesus going in the garden and calling, bringing his disciples with him, right? And we, we, in verse 36, it says, then Jesus went to this place, went to them, went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. That's what it says about Jesus. He was sorrowful and troubled. Verse 38, then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. That's the exact idea, right? As a night watchman would watch, to stand guard, to stand with him. Verse 39, and going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In verse 40, he comes back to the disciples. He found them sleeping. He said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. And then here's what he says. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then what's he do? Again, for a second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Hmm. And this is this is the thing that really like messed with us on Easter Sunday. This idea where he says in verse 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Is not just him chiding the disciples. It's mm. not just him chiding Peter. It's him telling them how to pray for him, to stand with him. Because what's Jesus going through right now? Yeah. Jesus is going through his soul being very sorrowful unto death, being troubled and sorrowful, asking his dearest earthly friends to pray for him. Why? Because his spirit is indeed is willing, but the flesh Mm. is weak. This is our savior identifying with us. So if you think it's going to be hard to walk in and stand up for the truth in front of obvious, destructive, evil lies, understand something. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak and your savior's already gone before Mm. you. He's already gone before you in this. Yep. So stand boldly because your savior has done it. It is done. Amen. 
And the turnaround comes when comes after this. From verse forty two on, never again do you see a falter from the safe from, from Jesus. Right. The Lord never falters again. When he says, If if it cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he knew the will. He knew what Isaiah mm-hmm. fifty three said. He knew that it was go that the, the father was going to crush the son. He knew that it was all part of the fact that the son would be exalted. He understood the full will of God that it would bring about salvation for many gener- for, for many. That's he knew it. Your will be done. And what is God's will? It literally, after the resurrection, what does Jesus say? Go and preach the gospel, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you while you do it. The resurrection comes with a command, and we're supposed to carry that forward. And Jesus already went before you to do it. Additionally, I think our churches need to step up in many ways. And and that, that needs to be a conversation that we should all be having with our church bodies, with our pastors. We need to identify ways our churches are going to step into these public areas and spaces where these things are going on. That doesn't, I'm not, again, there's there's also a reality that, that there's only so much you can do. And you also have a primary primary responsibility to your families and your family of new birth. And so I don't want, we don't want to lose that. Like we don't want to get lost from church and the idea that we have to be at every drag queen story hour and we have to be at any march or any protest. We don't have to be at all those things because we do also need to care for the family of God and our families that he's given us. But simultaneously, when the culture rises up a month and draws the battle lines, we must go out and meet them. Well, how are we going to do that? Like right. right now we're sitting at the beginning of April. You got plenty of, you got some time. You got April and May, get some plans together, get some ideas. What's happening? What's coming up on the calendar in your town, in your city? Where is there going to be events? Is there a way that you can go and be the right. truth in love, the truth right. from love at those spaces? And, and and let me encourage you this way. We have a young man at our church, and he is <laughs> he is uh, stalwart, I think, would it'd be the best description for him, because he goes every day uh, to a public school. He, he doesn't come to, to our church with, with his family. He, he chooses to come to our church and, and does so because he is compelled by the spirit of God into his word. And he is, is such an encouragement to, to me. Uh, and I think I would say to all of us mm, in leadership, yeah, strongly a, a, an encouragement, yeah. but he goes into the public school and he gets stands for the truth. Uh, we, we gave him a Bible. He brings his Bible. He reads his Bible. He gets mocked because he has stood against this transgender ideology in his own school. And, and, and he's the one coming up with like, well, you know, we should probably do more Mm. like June's coming up. Like, and we have, you know, an event that will be with part of the town in the beginning of the month. And and we do, we do movie nights, our churches, movie nights for, we give the gospel, have a movie and dinner for the town. uh, And we set all that up and do all the licensing and everything and local businesses. It's really cool. Actually. It's like you have that at the end of the month, but we should we should at least do one thing every week, right? What about the other two weeks? And I'm like, <laughs> man, <laughs> I love your energy. I guess we got to figure this out. Like, what are we going to do? Like th- that type of mentality to walk into essentially a, a, the den of snakes daily mm, yep. and to still stand for, the, for yeah. the gospel and then still say, well, as a church, shouldn't we do more? Can we do more? Why right. are we? Why, why are we only right. doing this? Is this enough? Like, if we're going to meet the the battle lines of the enemy, yeah. yeah. Let's there. What did he? I think he said, "Well, good. That's two days. But what about the other twenty eight days? Yeah. That's why, what he why said. did they get thirty? Yeah. How we only, they get a whole month? We're only doing two, two events in June. No, yeah. That doesn't seem like and really. You know what? That's the mentality. <laughs> that is the mentality that I think we're speaking into, um, because that moves the front line. That moves that battle line to the enemy as opposed to letting it come to us and then we'll engage, you know. Um, so really it's it's he's he's quite an encouragement to me as well. I agree with you. Hundred percent. So that's good. Very good. Uh, you were you were mentioning like, you know, as we're going, you know, not not none of us are really 
if you're listening out there, you may already be famous, but I'm not talking to you. But none of us are going to be famous, you know. I'm not going to be famous. My day nope. in the sun, and my sun is setting, you know. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so if there's any fame, a guy's going to have to do something crazy in the next you're like spring chicken two your years or something. Because I'm going to be. But anyway, um, you know, uh, it's as we're going. It's it it's as we are living life. You know, Paul in Acts 17. This is Paul, not Peter. Paul in Acts 17. <laughs> Definitely. You know, By the time goes, he's Acts 17, it's Paul. Yeah, yes, for sure. For sure. And uh, he he goes to Athens and he does his normal thing where he goes to the to the synagogues and he starts in there. But every day he's in the marketplace. Every day. All right. The place where, where everybody is. Where everybody is. Where, you know, where, where the philosophers are, where they're trading, where they're selling, where they're, you know, where they're getting their food for the day. And, you know, and he's talking with anyone who happens to be there. And and we you watch that story, and then that does catapult him into the Areopagus, and you know he does make it to the upper echelons of the philosophical people and things like that. And then he in the story he drops the R word. Well, what's that? Resurrection, Whoa. and that just like that blew that blew the whole meeting up. Anyway, but but what my point is is at you know he he's he's not letting the battle line come to him. He's going to the battle line. He's pushing it. And we can do the same thing. We can do that. We have God's authority to do that. It's funny because the same idea of going as you're going comes from Deuteronomy 6 with the Shema, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's to teach the the words of the Lord all the time, whether you're sitting down, right. whether you're standing, whether you're going, going into the marketplace, whether you're working in the field. Right. You know, whether you're eating, whether you're drinking, whatever you're doing, do the glory of God. It's the whole, it's the whole of life. It's just carrying out the obedience of God's command into the mundane things you're doing at the, in, at, at the, at the store, right at work. And, and I know, I know it's not popular. And I, I, I think I work in a pretty unique environment where I have a, interactions with a lot of people. And at this point I'm pretty, I'm, I mean, at some point somebody's getting the gospel in the course of the day that i I'm working. It just so happens that that tends to be the case. I don't know. God just puts people in front of me and people will talk to me about things. And so at some point someone's getting the truth of God and, <laughs> and, and it, 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 if you start to do it, it starts to feel like the thing you were always supposed to do. Like, why have I not always been doing this? And you start to realize that there are ways, there are ways in the places where you think you'll never be able to talk about God that you can talk about God. Right, you're like, oh, in my workplace, there's no way I could talk about God. There's no way, except there's going to be a time when someone has an issue with their marriage, with their child, with their with something else that for them is part of their mundane portion of life that you need to speak the glory of God into, and you can speak the glory of God. And as you begin to do those things, you'll find your ability to open up into those dialogues much more simply. Because God is the one who has gone before you to do it. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And God's spirit is stronger than the flesh. It, it is. And we get stuck in sin and we get stuck in fear and we think, no, it's not possible. No, no, no. It, it is. Walk forward in obedience. Take the first step and you will find that it is possible to be that person that carries the glory of God forward Amen. everywhere. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I, I hope I hope this has encouraged you, Dad. Thanks for talking me off the ledge, man. I just well, you know, I was getting ready to push you, but you, you kind of you backed off a little bit. Uh, I do have a very this is a very big announcement. So if you listen this oh, far, then you get the yeah. big news. Uh, we are launching this weekend uh, a shirt huh. that will be giving support to uh, Covenant Presbyterian Church and Covenant School. Uh, we really wanted to uh, show in a tangible way that they are not alone, that we support them. Um, and so we have made a shirt. Uh, it is a simple shirt. Um, it's a nice shirt. It is. It's awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's really, it's pretty bold. It's black. It's red. Uh, the main tagline is uh, to keep pushing, which is mm. the exact words of the officers as they went in and did indeed neutralize the killer that was killing children and the elderly at that Christian school. They said, keep pushing. Uh, and we uh, have Philippians, I believe, 413. 
on there, and I'm now that I'm saying something. Yeah, you better make sure that's right. That's I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I don't think that's the one you mean. I'm like Peter, Paul. Who was it? I don't know. Hey, who wrote that? Acts chapter thirteen. James, John. (laughs) I don't know who was it. Uh, I'm gonna mess this up. You're you're awesome. No, I I failed miserably. I, no, I that's spoke okay. Out of turn. Philippians that's three fourteen. There which you I go. Reverse yes. like a dummy. I press on towards the goal. Keep pushing. I keep yeah. pushing towards the goal to the prize, uh, to win the prize for which God has called me. Yeah, have there you Christ go. Jesus. There you so go. So that's that's the verse that will be on there. Not in that version. I don't know why I read it out of the NIV. I really got to fix my. Wow, you're all notes. you're all. What a mess. Oh gosh, it's almost anyway. Um. So it's got that verse on it, uh, and it just says that on the back, it just simply says, you know, I, I support, and then Covenant Covenant School, written in real big letters, Nashville, Tennessee. So, so when we is love, this coming out? This week, you, you right, as of right now, yeah. you go go to our website, and it is available for purchase. We are giving 20% off of every shirt, and we, we're not a business. We don't really do this. It's not how it works. So right. when I say 20%, the shirt, uh, the shirt is $25, which means $5 from every shirt sale will be going mm-hmm. Uh, to Covenant Presbyterian Church and Covenant School for whatever the heck they want to use it for. I don't care if they're using it to build a wall around the school. I don't care if they're using it to build a new playground. It doesn't matter. Um, Whatever they use it for to make their community uh, feel that they have been cared for by us uh, and you and you can support them this way, then great. That's that's fantastic. Um, But but that's that will be up for uh, pre-order. We got it designed. We already talked with our printer. Um, so you can go and grab that this weekend and we will, like I said, $5 for every sale. Essentially that's what 20% is goes right to them. There is yeah, no, that's like, great. That's not 20% of buy some shirts. Buy some shirts. This is a good thing. This yes. is a good thing. This and is what you guys do. We still have our Slay Dragon shirt out there, which is yeah. uh, supporting the men's muster ministry, uh, men's muster ministry. Hard to say that five times fast, hmm. uh, which is a pretty fire shirt. Um, and yeah, so we're not really good at plugging. I would like to, to ask you to definitely, if you're still here, share this podcast with Christians that need to hear it. We yeah. cannot dilly dally. What an old phrase. Dilly dally. <laughs> we can't waste time. There's no time like the present. Um, and we need to begin moving right now, uh, to, to push back on this cultural idea, idea, ideologies. And if we don't do it, we should not be surprised at the continuance of death. We're allowing generations to sterilize themselves, which is only murdering future generations. Um, and, and we're, we're doing it in the name of an identity that is a lie from Satan. He is the liar. He is the murderer. He's been that from the beginning. And if we don't begin to preach the gospel as God's called us to, then we're simply standing in disobedience to what the Lord has asked us to do. Don't do that, dear Christian. Amen. Let's not let conservative, uh, conservative, uh, celebrities, uh, you know, with, with really big, uh, audiences do the speaking that we should be doing. Let's oh, get out amen. there in the trenches and do it. All right. Oh, no. We can do it. Why'd we can do it. That? We're you, commanded to. We can do it. You immediately made me think of the Exodus series by the Daily Wire, which is a travesty. Why oh, would you do let's that not go me? there. Let's wait for next episode. That's a whole other episode. Oh, that's, that's actually weeks and weeks. as months oh. and months of episodes there. I can tell you right now, I am not Now happy. I really know why you're angry. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I can counsel you through that. Oh, my gosh. Well, as we like to say at the end of each episode, dear Christian, we hope that this episode will help you to seize the the faith. faith.